it's like a foreign feeling, but also a familiar feeling, you know, like connecting yeah. with their soul, connecting with their true essence. A lot of people, it's for, the, for, for them, the first time they've ever experienced that. And that's one of my favorite things about this work mm -hmm. because that's just like activating them for the rest of their life. Like now when you know what that feels like, you know how to get there easier on your own next time. Welcome to the Crystal Guardian Podcast. My name is Garessa, and this is a show on which I share about my life as a healer and crystal artist. Here, we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness, art and spirituality, giving a voice to the visionaries of today. Before we commence with today's amazing episode with Stacey Griffin, I have a little announcement, which is that we are taking a little break with the Crystal Guardian podcast. As you might know, me and Alessandro will be moving to Florence in um, the middle of August, and there is just so much going on also with our wedding coming up that I just wanted to take a little break because I really want this to be a place where I show up with all my energy and love and intention. So I will be coming back to you guys once we are settled in in Florence. So that will be a really exciting uh, podcast, a little catch up. And there are always older episodes that you can tune into. And for now, I wish you a lovely rest of your summer. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello everyone. Today for our visionary visit, I have with me Stacy Griffin from Shift Meditation. She is a certified sound therapist and meditation teacher based in Amsterdam, but originally from Canada. And she's an innovator in the field of sound healing as part of the immersive sound experience End of Time. And in a interview with Future Sound, she has said, we believe we are at the very beginning of a revolution in sound. It's where spatial audio meets ancient and future technology. End of time is an immersive meditative sound experience, fusing acoustic and digital instruments, creating music space as an instrument. So... You are 100% a visionary, if I've ever seen one. And I am really, really, yeah, really keen to, to dive into your world and into your way of looking at sound. But yeah, first of all, can you just share who you are, what's on your heart right now? And uh, yeah. So hello, everyone. Well, who am I? I guess you kind of just touched on that. Mm on my heart. We were just speaking before we started about this general ramping up of intensity of energy, which has been going on for a number of years, but really is at another level in the past few months. There's a lot of increased solar activity and a lot of people are sensitive, including myself, are very affected by this, among other things. But uh, mm. yeah, trying to every day uh, remind myself to stay grounded is really important to me. And I was just mentioning, I just got an infrared solar solar panel to help me do this. And of course, I'm using different techniques with sound and tuning forks every day in my daily meditation practice. And as much as I can, I try to just put my feet on the ground, which isn't always so easy mm. in the center of Amsterdam, but 
that's kind of where I'm at the moment, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's so funny you shared a bit before as well, before we started recording, and I am in such a similar space right now, just kind of raw and vulnerable. But as I was driving here in the car, I also thought, you know, how beautiful to kind of record from that place because it feels very pure. I'm happy that we're in that same kind of uh, kind of vibe and excited to to see where we're going to go. <laughs> nice. So you are right now doing a lot of things in the in the space of 3D the audio. Can you tell a little bit about how this has come into your life and how like how did you get into into sound? You also do a lot of sound healing, so kind of your your journey in that. I always try to think I need to really like the short form version or try and sum it up because <laughs> it's basically been the whole story of my life because music was the thread through my whole entire life since I was, I don't know, a baby, basically. My dad especially was really into music. It was just always on. There was always a soundtrack mm. in the background. You know, I was given a guitar at age six, five or six, and uh, I played saxophone as well and and just really into music already from when I was 14. I got really into a lot of different genres of music, but especially Detroit techno, which is just over the border from where I grew up in Canada and spent most of that decade of the 90s in <laughs> a warehouse in Detroit and really connecting in a way that was completely transformational for me and basically affected the trajectory of my whole life. Wow. And I'm not the only one from that time that feels that way, that something really magical happened mm. in this birth birthplace, birth time of techno. And it took me many years. I always thought I need to figure out what's going on because I want to bring this feeling to more people. This always stayed with me. Later on, I went to university in Tokyo. That's where I was really introduced, I could say, properly to meditation. I heard a gong for the first time in a Tibetan singing bowl. This was in the late 90s, you know, on a mountain in Japan. I was by myself. It was also really a moment where I thought, this is really important. That same feeling came to me, like, this is really important. But I didn't really have this bigger picture. I hadn't Definitely not figured it all out at that point, but it really touched me. And I was already, since I was young, connecting with energy, seeing, feeling energy. I knew I was experiencing the world differently than the people around me. It took me also a lot of years to really understand that. And I, you know, did my Reiki training and different energy healing trainings, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, just more because I was interested in whatever came up in this field. I was interested in reading about it and learning about it, and especially the intersection of science and spirituality. Everyone who was writing books on this topic back a long time ago, I was also reading. It's always kind of been yeah. there for me. But on the outside, um, after I, I left Tokyo, I lived a very fast lifestyle. I lived in Toronto and Tokyo, uh, Toronto, LA, and New York before moving to Amsterdam for years in the music and fashion industry. And yeah, it was a very crazy, <laughs> crazy <laughs> decade or more, 15 years. I don't know. I'm losing track of time, 15 years or so. Really amazing, really great experience. But while I was in this period, I also was still very tapped in energy, very much into sound and music, very much into meditation. But for me, it was like these two lines, like this was my sort of inner world, which I was quite private about, unless you knew me well. Mm. And then there was this external world where I was actually very outgoing and, you know, doing all of these events. And yeah, a lot of people didn't know that, that side of me. Yeah, but Not you were already doing events then. I was doing lunch. I had a fashion brand and I was creating fashion shows. Uh, so in the, and yeah. I yeah. worked with DJs and, and I was already back, you know, doing 
promoting and, and producing techno events, even yeah. back in Japan. So I've always been kind of creating events for people to gather. So this, this theme of connection has been there through everything. And music has been the, the main connect, connecting thread mm. to all these different times and places and people. And it was in 2015, no, 14, sorry, when I really, yeah, I, I basically collapsed physically. I had a really bad burnout. Mm. Um, pushed it, like, I don't know how many years past I should have. And I already knew, I already knew at that point, like I was already looking to switch, you know, my trajectory. And I knew I wanted to help people. I knew it had something to do with music and sound and meditation, but it was all back then, especially there was not a lot of the things happening that there is now. Yeah. I had this vision, you know, to create a meditation space and well, it's a whole long story, but I'm trying to sum it up. <laughs> and then um, while in meditation one day, um, one of the, mo- the points that I'll never forget is I had this vision of a crystal singing bowl and I didn't know what it was. And I remember Googling it, trying to f- kind of figure out what that was because it felt so important and so urgent. Wow. I often, you know, not always, but I, you know, I'll regularly get a vision of something that I know is something important. But this was different. This was like I had to figure it out. And then when I found out what it was, when I was kind of describing what it looked like, I was like, wow, quartz crystal singing bowl. It's a thing. Yeah, I kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, my God. It kind of tied together so many things. And there was like this remembrance that I knew this. And it was like all in a moment's time, I, I officially you know, left my career and I immediately knew this is what I was going to do. And it was from one day to the next, literally. And I had a, you know, a small child living in a foreign country. Nobody was really doing at that time, this vision yeah. that I had in my head of creating sort of gatherings in a community around going inward together. Mm. Um, now we're used to it, but it was quite something. I remember even thinking, like, are people going to be into this? Like, I really wanted to do that and bring this this feeling I had from the dance floors yeah. of unity and this, which I now know is entrainment when you're all together and you're, you're in alignment. And I wanted to bring this concept. So I started doing, you know, opening meditations for 50 people and then 100 people and, that, and then up to 800 <laughs> people. And, 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 and it would be part of what I would do is kind of gathering these groups of people together to help activate them with the sounds and the codes from the bowls. And then doing these sound baths for like 30 people at a time where I went much deeper and creating them in unexpected spaces and in museums and art galleries and hotels and then having gatherings afterwards where we would, you know, have food and drinks and kind of making it a space where instead of talking about the usual stuff, you hum by yourself and then you can talk about interesting things like quantum physics or the experience you just had or your inner world or your childhood memories that came up. Like it became, you know, this, this and there was a lot of other people that were really missing that, I guess, this deeper yeah. experience, but instead of just being alone, because you can mm-hmm. obviously, you know, have a meditation practice and be on your own. For me, it was really like bringing people together yeah. to, yeah, a community around this. So I started doing it word of mouth, actually didn't do any social media for the first year, which I took a real stand. I was like my original sort of tagline I created in 2014 was unplug with us, mm. sort of d- d- detached from phones. And, you know, I was working in digital marketing at the time yeah, <laughs> fashion yeah. industry for a large brand and I remember just thinking like it was like for me a rebellious act like no you know I had uh, contacts I had a lot of things where I could have you know made it grow really quickly but I decided to you know make it only word of mouth 
there was nothing online. You had to like know somebody and it was a word of mouth thing. And it, was also, it kind of was for me also this throwback to this special time for me mm. um, where I would go, you know, you need to know the special phone number to call to get the address to go to the, the <laughs> warehouse in Detroit. It was sort of like, because everything lost its sort of mysterious mystique or this magic because it was like everything was on Facebook or Instagram and everything's just kind of out there. It kind of just felt flat to me and it didn't feel exciting and I didn't really feel interested yeah. in a lot of it. So yeah. part of it was to kind of bring back this, you know, you didn't really know what the space was going to be because it changed it all the time and it wasn't always a known place and you kind of had to just know the address and you could show up. Yeah. And so and I would always like to create a really interesting space with maybe some lighting art or visuals and sometimes cacao or whatever, just kind of gathering people that felt called to be there. And it was really, yeah, it felt really good to also help people. Yeah, I love that. I really, really love that. And I can actually hear as you're speaking about this moment in time, that's, it feels like the same kind of void. I don't know if it's the right word for it, but it feels like you're creating this kind of this bubble or this void of a moment in time that you were also describing as you were experiencing in the 90s yeah. at the beginning of your story and really yeah. kind of that. Uh, because back then you also didn't have, you know, Facebook and no. the events and the, so it feels that kind of sort of special. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is so, that is so cool and amazing that you were able to really create that as well, because it's one thing to have the longing and the vision, but it's yeah. another thing to actually be able to to create and set that energy in a space and have people connect in that way. Yeah, and it was pretty special and it grew really quickly because the word spread and then there was always double the amount of people who got that wanted to come that I could invite. And I thought, you know, do I keep it small or do I try and... And that's also why I started doing these larger events to kind of go alongside it so I could reach more people. Yeah. And it was also really an amazing, intense energy where you're amplifying this energy when you're with a group of 800 people. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So that was also exciting to me and to also kind of keep pushing it because mm. I'm always looking to, you know, for new experiences myself. So yeah. continued to do that and, you know, and also into different countries, invited to do sound healing or host sound baths at different festivals, a lot of companies. I even hosted a whole week-long, you know, sort of, quote, spiritual experiences for Mercedes during South by Southwest back in 2017 or 18. Yeah, a lot of, it was really, you know, it's been busy. It still is. There's a lot going on. (laughs) I smile because I find, I I was saying I've kind of accepted this about myself. Like, I like to be involved with a lot of things. I like to collaborate with people. Yeah. You know, and when I, and with End of Time, when I met Daniel, and I think it's four years ago now, what is time anyways? <laughs> That's the whole concept of the name around end of time was that we wanted to create a space where you're not in the regular linear linear time, but once you become come into our circle of speakers, you're in this space that we create, wherever that is, that you're actually pulled into the present moment. Mm-hmm. When you're in the present moment, you're actually not in the past, not in the future. You're really just here now, which, you know, sounds obvious, you know, but actually you probably know as well that it's not so easy to get to that space and mm. keep yourself in that space. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, to, to get people into this physical space that we create to pull their consciousness into this now moment is also was very much aligned with what I was already doing and trying to do. And for me, this was another layer. We met and immediately had a connection. And then that was Daniel and Francesco was his friend. And he's a, you know, also a well-known DJ named Trip and Jaguar. And we all basically had brought at least 10 years experience from our own angle for the project. And we just 
One month later, we were performing at a large music festival in Germany. It was just so everything cool. aligning and coming together. And we hadn't even really had how, to hardly rehearse, but it just was like, it felt like the right time, right people, right concept, right everything. Because you and, just kind of got together and you started talking about sound and then this this idea came up or how did that I had kind this of, idea and so did yeah. they on their own and it was kind of right. like in our own words yeah. but it was basically the same concept and we all kind of lacked part of the expertise you know and, yeah. and, and you know Francesco's working with you know 3D audio and, and virtual reality so he had you know very unique skills that a lot, a lot of people had and you know I'm bringing you know all this experience around working frequencies and working with sound healing and Daniel is bringing his own you know he's working on his PhD in music in the brain and they're both music producers and musicians and yeah. so it was like we had kind of the right mix. Divine intervention yeah, of getting. Yeah it was really yeah. and then we just started doing selective events because it's not you know it's not very portable and easy you know it's very expensive we have like our own whole speaker setup and our own sound architect Stefan and you know it's really quite a production so we would make really special installations Mm -hmm. from the World Economic Forum in Davos in Switzerland which was a really interesting two years that we did that to you know the Garbage Music Festival in Poland in a forest to you know, Ibiza on the side of a mountain, like we've done, mm. brought all of our stuff. It's quite hilarious to see our like gear, our fo- fo- you know, we have photos and videos of us with like insane amounts of gear that we have to bring with us everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with the intention that we're really creating something like a next level experience for ex- basically for expanding consciousness. And yeah. that's essence, that's what my mission is, is to help people expand their consciousness and to connect deeper with themselves. And that's exactly what End of Time is doing as well, but using electronic music, using, you know, the technology around spatial audio and using specific frequencies, vibration, creating music and music performances and also music installations. We've done both. So Yeah, beautiful. Like, okay, I have so many questions. One, is it different for every space? Do you kind of like analyze the space and then from there... You create something that's yes works for that. That is it's completely wow. unique to the space because we're also working with the energy of the space. Yeah, and you know sometimes we work with sacred geometry and and depending on you know we do sometimes a triangle setup, but usually a big circle. Yeah, it really it really depends a lot. We're going to have a dome that we're building for a festival this summer. Sometimes oh, it's outside, cool. but yeah, every every time. You know, in essence, there's a lot of things that stay the same, the constants, yeah. but we try, it's it's very much creating something special to the space. Beautiful. And then, yeah, my second question was going to be, so what is happening on kind of an energetical level with the sound when you are in this experience, but also just maybe first a bit more of a basic layer of what happens when you experience sound in your body? So how I experience sound in my body is... Well, it's different depending on if I'm experiencing the sound from somebody else or I'm sort of offering or giving the sound. So mm. when I'm hosting or doing an event, especially when I do what I call a sound bath for me is like 30 people max usually where everybody's laying down. I'm using a multitude of instruments from quartz crystal singing bowls, Tibetan singing bowls, gongs, drums, tuning forks, like all different things. Chimes, rattles, voice, shruti box, different things. So cool. And um, there's going right there, a big one. Um, <laughs> I am actually, depending on the instrument, like I'm working with the energy, the dominant energy of that group. 
And when I move around the room or if I'm working one-on-one, I will try to tap into the energy of that person. So certain instruments are used for like letting go of energy, dispersing energy, and some instruments are best for, used for bringing energy in. Some people are more depleted, some people you know, are really high strong. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm overgeneralizing now, but like with a group, yeah. usually I'll tap in more if it's more of a burnt out, depleted, exhausted group, or if it's more of a, you know, super high, strong, overstressed kind of group. And of course people have both and there's a mix, but yeah. just to kind of give an idea. And like working with the singing bowls, they're very much like a device. Cause I see this as sort of a technology, you know, the energy comes through my body and I feel it like I'm working, you know, and I always spend like an hour setting up and tapping in and connecting myself before. And then I'm just a channel for these energy, for this energy, which I feel are light codes, kind of light language, and it comes through me. Mm. And then I'm channeling it through the bowls. And then I'm visualizing it and I'm, I feel it and I see it. And I not always see it, sometimes I see it, but more that I feel it when I hear it. And it goes through my hands, through the bowls, and then to the person. So I'm actively moving it and working yeah. with the energy using the instruments as tools. And my voice, my body, of course, is also a tool using my voice. But I really find like the quartz crystal singing bowls are the number one instrument or tool that I love to use um, mm. because it's just so powerful and so intense, the effect it has. But I also use the Tibetan singing bowls this way. And then when I'm, when I'm working with the gong or, for example, like frame drum, it's really, I'm using it to release energy. So like I'll use certain techniques with the, the handheld gong over the body of somebody and I'm working to release energy that they need to let go of. You know, it's not for their highest and best anymore. So um, how I feel it is sort of like, it's a very active thing for me. Like I'm, I'm actively visualizing and feeling in my body how that person's feeling and then tweaking how I'm working with that instrument and which instrument, how long I will use that instrument based on how I feel I'm an empath and I feel what other people are feeling, mm. which is a whole nother story, but I've been able to fine tune that now so I can use it in a way that's not completely killing me. And in this, this case, it works really, really well. And people feel that and, and they feel the energy that comes through. You're really kind of the director of the energy yeah. flow in that. Yeah. Moment. And I feel it comes through my body. And then if I'm just, you know, which is not so often, I wish it was more often, if I'm at a sound bath myself or if I'm experiencing a sound healing session, it's different. It's not so active, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, I'm more in receiving mode and actually I really need this more in my life. I'm laying down and I'm also feeling the energy come through, feeling it as chills, feeling it move through. And I may be consciously working with that sound myself because I'm used to doing it, like to move or work with the energy in my body. But or the, my field, but it's much more just about laying it in and receiving, letting everything come in and just kind of let it, really letting go and sinking into the floor. Yeah. So it's sort of two ways that I experience it. That's so nice. I um, I have a crystal singing bowl myself that I sometimes mm -hmm. use when I give crystal healings okay. because I also feel like it really helps to set the energy in motion, kind of everything that's stuck or that stagnants and then using the crystals on body, for example, to really get the energy of that crystal flowing through the body as well and to have that kind of the... Yeah, I feel like it's really something that starts to wave, kind yeah. of. Yeah. It feels like a wave. Yeah, I mean, does. there are sound waves, right? Sound moves yeah. in a wave, and but you can feel it that way. Yeah. And I mean, while you work with crystals, the properties of quartz, and, you know, there's alchemy bowls as well that have, that have different, you know, 
gemstones and different crystals that you can use. But yeah. I really love working with quartz. I mean, we know it as an energy conductor. They use it in the in technology, you yeah, know, in, in, cell in phones microchips and, and yeah. phones and computers. And it's I see what I'm doing as a human human technology, a human version of that because I'm using the quartz crystal to work with and send energy, yeah. but from human to human. Yeah. One of the sort of red threads that I see when I'm kind of diving into your world is the combination of future and ancient technology. And I think this is exactly what that is as well, right? Yeah, um, for me, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because I feel like people, you know, a long time ago in different civilizations were working with quartz crystal singing bowls in different forms maybe, but in the same kind of way, working with crystals, using it in a technologically advanced way. I'm not sure if it were how we're using it now is exactly the same, but I do feel like it's very much aligned with its concepts. Yeah. I, I've also been very interested interested in technology since I was a kid. And yeah, everything with computers. Like I basically, I was there during the generation when we transitioned to, you know, having the computers and then when the internet came and all of this and cell phones. Yeah. So I've always, always had the first thing and you know, I was building computers with my friends who were hackers when I was in high school <laughs> and I've always been sort of a nerd with technology in this sense and into, te- yeah. you know, into techno music and into electronic music. So for me, it's a very natural thing to kind of move into spatial audio, but also the effect spatial audio has, of course, is, is also like a next level amplification of working with sound and, and, and mm. for healing, for expansion of consciousness, for just for enjoyment, you know, like it's, it's also just, you know, when we do performances or create music, it's for people to, you know, it doesn't always have to be so serious. Like that's what I love about it as well, yeah. because for me working with sound is, is different than when I'm working with sound to create music, you know, when I'm using exactly, specific yeah. notes, it's more about harmonizing and creating the, the the songs than specifically working with the, the instruments purely energetically. So for me, they're two different things. Yeah. So it's also exciting to to work with the sound in this way. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you're doing with End of Time. Yeah, and they're mostly. two amazing musicians. So, you know, and they have a vision and working along with, with them and, and, and the music that they're creating is really, it's pretty cool, actually. It's really, really, really cool. And so how does that music kind of come to be? What what are the things that you take into account? And Yeah, so different things. I mean, when we're, say, jamming, it's definitely uh, not the usual jam session. Like, Daniel's also a bassist. He was in, in a band for many years, so sometimes he will have a bass guitar. But mostly it's electronic instruments, and they have tons of synthesizers and controllers and samplers, and they both, in their travels, have... Um, taken 3D microphones and they both have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of 3D audio recordings, field recordings of, you know, a market in Morocco, um, cool. uh, a Thai mountainside uh, somewhere in Peru, you know, by a, wow. by a waterfall. So we have all of these field recordings, which are integrated also into the music. Mm-hmm. And really interestingly, when you have a spatial audio setup and you have the speakers around and you can and play these soundscapes, you can actually be transported to exactly how it feels in a 3D space, like how your brain would experience it if you were actually there. So we use that as well. And then I have all my instruments and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of jam with, say, the quartz crystal singing bowls with the electronic instruments or the drum as the bass line. I'll play my frame drum. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it sort of, sort of goes like that. That's so cool. And do I, uh, because I thought I read that as well, a lot of it happens in the moment. So... 
you have all these recordings and you're making the music, but it's really in that specific moment, right? Because we like to, to keep everything not simple. <laughs> I mean, of course, it would be easy to, which most people do, they create like, they create everything in advance and they play it, especially when you're using, you know, a computer or a laptop and, and, and software. Yeah. But we've always, uh, up until recently, we've always thought this is a moment in time, you're there, we're creating a special energetic field, you're in the circle, in the space, bring you out of time. And all of the sounds, everything that comes up is very much working with the group that's there and sort of, you know, creating this one-off art, live art piece mm. that has obvious downsides and that, you know, you might only have like 100 people there in that one time and place and then nobody else will know about it. So we did this for a few years um, also because we, we thought it was a really special thing to keep it and we didn't want to just... Always, we have a few recordings, but we didn't want to always record it and just put it out there. We always planned to make recorded music and we released our first EP a year ago. We have mm -hmm. a couple songs. I don't know if you heard them on Spotify. Yeah, um, yeah. They've done really well. Uh, a lot of people have found them. And we've been working on new music for the past seven months for a project that we're working on for Spinoza. And it's sort of basically a four-hour album. It's, it's a four-hour music journey um, to accompany a psilocybin mushroom trip. <laughs> um, of course, you don't need to use use the psychedelics to enjoy the music, but that's sort of the arc that we built it around. Yeah. We're going to be releasing some of those songs because some really, really amazing music came out of that. I'm not sure exactly when. Soon, I think. So. Super cool. Yeah. And is it uh, is it necessary to listen to it, for example, with headphones on, or can you just also play it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can always just play it, but if you really want, definitely need headphones because it's spatial. You know, you want to at least hear it binaurally through stereo yeah. headphones to really get the full experience. Yeah, exactly. Well, just a little note that we are right now in the, in your studio and there are some sound technicians really hard at work. Yeah, our studio uh, sits above a nightclub called The Other Side, which is part of our collaboration. And they're setting up all the speakers and all the gear for um, an event happening this weekend. So <laughs> three-day nightclub uh, sort of weekender. Yeah, cool. Really cool. Yeah, so so one of the things as we're touching on Spotify is when I was kind of discovering what sound can do and, and diving into that world. I This is years ago, but I, I downloaded one of those sort of audio players. And this was when you were still buying music from Apple Music. And so I bought the music from Apple Music and then I put it in the, in the player that will play it at, was it? 432 hertz, mm -hmm. which is, I'm not sure, like, is it, it's, it was a specific frequency that is kind of like the most natural or the most healing or something like that. So I, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation and hype around frequencies online, like on YouTube. It's crazy how many, I mean, that's a whole nother thing, but 432 hertz is basically, yeah, there's a, there's a whole um, scientific basis for that or looking at the, the numbers and, and, in the work of Pythagoras and others. And it's basically more aligned to natural, to the natural world, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how I would sum up. Yeah. 432 versus 440. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of debate on this, a lot of discussion on this. Yeah, I mean. Mm, but then is it is it so that just most music on Spotify is played at 440 hertz? And that, but is, for example, your music 
because there are certain frequencies and things mm-hmm. uh, implemented in it, right? So is it... We work, we work, yeah, we work with specific frequencies for everything that we do. Yeah. Um, we work often, like, basically, when we're creating this this live set, we will often work with a theme around certain planets or, say, around the moon. Like, we did an event called Full Cycle here a few months ago. We had a large moon-like art installation, and basically we worked with the frequency of the moon as our base frequency, and then we worked and built layers around that. So we kind of work in this way. So, cool. so working with frequencies is, is is a big part of our work, and Daniel is a... Daniel in End of Time is really a specialist in this area. So yeah, there's much more. It's like a whole Sorry. area. And some people get fixated on sort of this, a lot of the conspiracy theories and things. And I'm not saying, yeah, it's a whole discussion. I, but basically, I, I I'm unaware of the conspiracy theories oh, it's around whole, it. It's just I'm a bit like, oh, over the years, <laughs> oh, tired of the whole thing. Uh-huh. But basically 432, yeah, we, we work with 432 mm-hmm. because we feel that that is a more... Ah, cool. Yeah. Harmon- harmonic frequency to work in. We feel we feel that way. Yeah, and that's how we we're making our music as a baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's something that you don't really don't really think about when you're listening to it. Is it something that you can kind of notice as you're listening to music? Because I feel like you must have sort of like the average a person or... probably wouldn't. But I feel like if you've listened to a lot of music in 440, and then you were to listen to an album right after in 432, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be like. I notice a difference in frequency, but you might feel like an emotional shift that you might not perceive because of that. The person will have a a reaction often or be completely unaware. In my sound therapy training that I do, which is a three-month training that I do online for people every twice a year, I go into this and I have examples where they can go in and listen to both to sort of train train their ears a little bit and and, and to listen to different, and also to listen to like 444 and different ones and... and, feel for themselves yeah, what they exactly. feel that resonates yeah really sit with the feeling and feel how that because that's also how I feel about crystal energetics like every single person is so unique and has their own energetic system and every crystal works different for every person as well and I can imagine that's the same for the for the music it kind of yeah. finds you where you are yeah exactly and that's the thing anybody who's like I have the right answer and I know and you're wrong like this really turns me off like everybody's different everybody has a different energetic signature and I feel like you need to feel what resonates for you yeah and it's nice to get information and 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 make your own decision about Mm. most things actually yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely what what have been the most kind of profound moments for you as you have been working with sound the effects that you've seen or hmm. man there's been so many <laughs> I've worked with well over 10,000 people I was calculating at this point oh so many stories I mean just so many <laughs> mm. just just the general ability to be able to help people you know and it's to bring people into that state that they have we have innately inside of ourselves that they can heal themselves because that's really what it's about like creating safe space bringing people into, for example, say the theta brainwave frequency, bringing people, you know, these these codes that come through so that they can release what they no longer need, what they can take in what they do need, you know, to help them heal themselves. Yeah. Essentially, being able to assist in this process is very rewarding. Like, it's, it's, it's so nice. And sometimes working with people who are, you know, in, in end of life, I've worked with in one-on-one session or, you know, know that they have a few months left and they're dying of cancer at age 33. Mm. Or, you know, there's also these really 
heavy experiences, but you, knowing that you're, you're making things easier and you're able to help them in this sort of darker, intense time is also very rewarding. And also helping people to, for me, one of the areas that I like to work is tapping into creativity, like bringing people into theta brainwave state is really where creativity happens and inspiration. So I love working mm. with you know, a team in an ad agency, to, for example, to kind of let everything go and have them completely try to like come up with innovative, creative ideas that don't exist already. And this is something yeah. that I love mm. always. And all the work I've ever done is to create something that doesn't exist yet. It's sort of something that gets me excited. Like whether that's an idea, a concept for a brand, like in my old world, or, you know, creating these these sound experiences that nobody was creating in a special way, in a special place, or just bringing in these new experiences, these new, yeah, yeah, this this newness, this, yeah, yeah future-focused yeah, I'm saying it correctly, but I'm trying to thinking of, but sort of oh, yeah, bringing people the, the sort of future visions that I have, mm-hmm. bringing it in a way into the present that people can experience it. Yeah, that that is really, really cool. And I think something that is very much missing or just hard to get to in the way that we are living right now. I mean, I notice it with myself as well. And this has been something that I've had to be kind of, well, I've had to create a structure for myself so I would have space and time in my in my days and my weeks to wander and to daydream and to to just kind of recharge because otherwise I you know I had to first be myself as a human before I could be myself as an artist and yeah it's just so important to be able to to find your way back because you know I mean Everyone has their own kind of way of, of getting there. But if you are facilitating in space where you can get to that kind of that, that brain state, mm-hmm. that is so, so valuable because I feel it, yes, it brings creativity, but also it recharges you on kind of like a soul level, right? Yeah. Because that is why, where the, the creative, the life force energy comes yeah. from. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. And and tapping into this energy that I'm bringing into the field. Sometimes people pull ideas out of that. And of course, it's always ideal to have that time and space. Mm -hmm. But when you're a parent like me and you're busy and you're running around (laughs) and you can't make room for that space, creating these events where people can come and sort of like a shortcut to getting to that place within. And that's how I see it actually, because of course you need, everybody needs way more of it. Everybody needs to incorporate this into their life for Mm -hmm. sure. And in an ideal world, we would live. Yeah, most people realize that, I think. (laughs) It's just really hard. So I try to, it's like a condensed version of, and and for many people, they've never even been able to get there ever on their own. Mm -hmm. So bringing people there, I mean, the amount of people are usually some people are crying or like, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's like a foreign feeling, but also a familiar feeling, you know, like connecting yeah. with their soul, connecting with their true essence. A lot of people, it's for the, for, for them, the first time they've ever experienced that. And that's one of my favorite things about this work, mm-hmm. because that's just like activating them for the rest of their life. Like now, when you know what that feels like, you know how to get there easier on your own next time. You know, and I always encourage people to go and listen to binaural beat meditations yeah, I should create more. Actually, we've been so focused on like music and other things, but and there's so many out there already. You know, um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 super valuable. I think absolutely. Yeah, just taking someone by the hand and showing them the way, and then as you shared before as well, coming home to their own home frequency. Exactly, and uh. people are scared. 
And even if they don't realize they're scared, they're really scared. And mm. that's the thing. A lot of people resist. And that's why work I do with sound, it's physically pushing your body and your mind into this. So it's mm. kind of forcing you in a way. It's kind of gently pulling you into that place because a lot of people don't get over that hump if they're just sit sitting in a meditation or, yeah. you know, I also had my mindfulness teacher training before I started doing this. And I love mindfulness meditation, but you're still sort of in that left brain thinking mode. It's different. Like I want this pure physical, you know, embodied somatic experiencing, you know, like where you're yeah. feeling and you're, you know, yeah. and for me, that's what it's about. <laughs> and, and a lot of people are scared of that. You know, we all have stuff that we're like pushing kind of back or we don't want to think about, especially if you have trauma from when you were a child or other things. Mm -hmm. We all have something, even if it's not serious, there's shit we don't want to think about. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's a that. system to keep you safe, but yeah. then you never grow. No, and also yeah. a lot of people, in order to really heal, and healing can mean different things for different people, but to you know, regain balance or to release stress or whatever it is in that moment, you, you need to see that and or feel that, those emotions or those experiences and release them. Yeah. And there's a lot of that happening in my sessions for people. And I get many letters afterwards that they realize mm -hmm. a day or a week, or sometimes a month later, what happened, you know? Yeah. And and it's it's like a push. It's like an intensified experience to push you to release these things or to bring in new things. You're doing such valuable and beautiful work. I am so... Uh... So grateful for people like you here on the planet. I have one, actually I have two questions, two last questions that I want to ask you. One is, can you share a little bit about your vision of the future in sound? Because I feel that you are already kind of at the forefront of that that big shift. Where do you see yourself and where do you see sound going? I see myself hopefully continuing to push sort of past the boundaries of what people are already aware of and what's happening and bringing these future visions into, you know, the present timeline. I mean, I feel like that's part, a big part of my role. And I see, yeah, future of sound. I mean, spatial audio is really a big thing. And that's why I, you know, I spend a lot of my time and energy working on this project at the end of time because Apple, you know, this year has just, you know, released spatial audio options and, And mm. um, Dolby has released spatial audio speaker system for the home this year. Like it's now finally just starting to really happen. Some bigger artists are, you know, just a few now, but there's more coming are right at the edge of, of doing this. We've already, you know, did a few festival stages, but now whole festivals are looking to like do big whole parts of the festival with spatial audio to, mm. you know. So it's like, it's really at the beginning of becoming sort of more of the default yeah. of like, once you kind of experience sound in this way, everybody's going to want to do that. And, the, and it's been cost prohibitive, but I think because more and more of these companies and speaker brands and Apple and all these big players are now in the game, it's going to become more accessible, cheaper, easier. And that's great for people like me and at a time because we're more on the content side, creating the content that's going to go into these spaces. And I see specialized spaces. I've always had a vision of creating a specialized space. Think of it like an art installation. You can go in and you can control how you want to feel. You know, do you want to feel um, more relaxed or do you want to feel, you know, more energized because you feel really depleted and burned out? And with different visuals and lights and scents and sounds, you can go in there and it will yeah. sort of, you know, you go in and you go out and you've you've essentially affected your own biology for an outcome that you want. And that's sort of how I see the future. And that's already starting to happen. There's already 
Daniel and Francesco from End of Time are actually working on a few projects that are still a bit secret, but around this, this, this concept of creating custom spaces that you can go inside to feel, not only hear sound, but feel it in your body, which is also translating what happens in sound baths that I do or in sound healing sessions because mm. you're feeling the vibration in your body. But that there'll be more of these spaces, maybe in a spa, you know, there'll be a special haptic sound experience and using sound more intentionally in this way in different spaces beyond the things that are already on the horizon now with, you know, using sound as its own wellness modality. And I think sound is going to be much more considered with architecture, you know, when building a new apartment building, you know, or a new condo. I think that building in the acoustics and sound and how maybe natural sounds of birds can come through into the space. This is my own idea, I think, of just this vision of... Oh my gosh. Or maybe using specific frequencies in certain places and within the speakers of the space and in office buildings, you know, like having mm. specific sound. Um, and we've uh, talked about doing this as well, creating some of these sounds very intentionally meant for, say, a workplace. Yeah. And this can, you know help with employee well-being and maybe productivity and the whole thing, you know, because we know sound is affecting you. And if you have to be in a space all the time, maybe it's a little different since the pandemic, but, you know, in an office, it'd be really nice to have, you know, and it, this exists already, of course, but like taking sound design of spaces sort of to another level. Yeah. And just sound as, you know, uh, becoming more mainstream as a, as a healing modality, basically. Yeah, exactly. Are there certain shapes for buildings that are, like I can imagine domes or circles create more wholeness in the sound? Or is that just... Well, the whole like biophilic architecture movement around more natural shapes in spaces. We're at the beginning of this right now. Like some people are doing research around this. Yeah, of course, domes are the are, are kind of the beginning point. We're actually uh, designing a dome for a festival this summer because of the, the nature of the acoustics, but it doesn't have to be. You know, if you're building, you know, a building with like apartments or even a house, it'll mm -hmm. have d different rooms. So you could potentially create a system where it works differently in different rooms. So it could be customized per room, you know, like you could have one sort of round space in the middle, which is your living room, and then you have all these smaller spaces. Like, yeah, so right. I don't think it has to be one particular shape. I think there's so much room for creativity here for our, with yeah. architects. Yeah. I'm sure some are out there working on these ideas already. I'm sure other people have this idea. And there'll be more spaces with sound design as integral as the, you know, interior design that we're used to. Like yeah, exactly. what the paint color and, and this and that, the yeah. sound. That you get like doing. a feng shui specialist, you get a sound specialist, yeah. you get all your, yeah. And then, then this is what I see. magic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so cool. So cool. Yeah, I just one thing that I ask all my guests is if you want to share one source of inspiration that has been very detrimental in your path to kind of yeah dive into your lineage of where your inspiration has come from. It can be a person, a book, a movie. I assume anything. you mean instrumental. Hmm? Oh, you said detrimental, but I, I think oh yeah, just 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 because that's the opposite. I thought, what's been what's been detrimental? Lots of things. Uh, no, lots yeah, of sorry. things. English is not my native no, language. No, no, it's okay. Sometimes I mess up. Just yeah. for the listeners, yeah, 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 yeah. so they're instrumental. Yeah. Um, source of inspiration. Sorry, now or in my life or in your life, just in general, in in your journey. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind immediately before I think is the ocean. Mm. I just see the ocean. For me, yeah, water. And nature, I guess, is a bigger a bigger theme. Um, 
even though I've always lived in, in really big cities, yeah. uh, being near the ocean often or being near water or lakes or canals here, I find extremely inspiring. Mountains, like this, these kind of big views. Yeah, this is really kind of sort of the most inspiring thing for me. I mean, and then sometimes, you know, certain artists at different points or traveling, you know, and going and exploring completely new things that I've never experienced, learning new languages. I mean, mm. yeah, new experiences, I guess, yeah. in general, but it's a, it yeah, I feel, I feel like it's a, it's a big theme in your life and something very uh, important as well to keep experiencing new things and to, yeah, I really see you as kind of like a, Uh, a weaver of this time and you are creating a new way of how we are all going to experience this yeah this 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 landscape of sound it's really exciting thanks is there anything that you want to share if people are super inspired how they can find you how they can find your work yeah i guess the easiest way is to go to my website shiftmeditation.com or on instagram at shiftmeditation There I share some of the projects I'm working on and what's coming up because it's changing all the time. I've just did retreats in Ibiza and Italy in the last couple months, week-long retreats where I really go deep with the people there. I'm working on maybe doing um, some more, maybe even a weekend one in the Netherlands coming up in the fall. Yeah, and there's different performances coming up and different, you know, uh, just sound baths if you want to come and have like a two-hour, hour and a half of, uh, uh, session with me. And yeah, checking out my website or Instagram. Usually I post what's happening there because things are changing often and sometimes mm. something comes in and if it feels aligned, then I will help make it happen. Yeah, super cool. Everyone go there now. Thanks, <laughs> Carissa. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening, for tuning in. I hope you love the conversation and uh, speak soon. Thanks. <laughs>